Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for joining us tonight on episode 29, season two of The Standoff with Brad and Richie here on New Zealand Sport Radio. We're here live every Wednesday on Facebook throughout the season. Good evening, Richie. Um, the first week of the finals have come and gone, and we've only got six teams left. Uh, I thought it was a pretty good um, weekend of football um, with a couple of several tight tussles. What, would, what did you think of the round? I really enjoyed it, Brad. Um, thought the... The Gold Coast Roosters game was a very exciting finish, and and then we also got a bit of an upset thrown in with the Panthers going down. So, yeah, I really enjoyed the first week of finals forty, mate. Yeah, long may it continue. Hopefully, we have another good couple of matches this week. And um, while we're live here on Wednesdays at eight pm, you can also catch our show at your convenience on iHeartRadio. Just remember to search for New Zealand Sport Radio. As always, we're going to cover everything you need to know in the week that was Rugby League, including our top stories of the week. We'll then review the Week 1 Finals games and our picks. We'll then stop and answer some questions from you guys as well as ourselves. Um, We'll then preview the second week of the Finals and make our picks before ending the night with a recap of Super League. Uh, So remember to send us comments throughout the show and also your questions for that question segment. And um, Good evening, Simon and Nigel. Good to see you guys here. Hey, guys. And um, we may as well just go straight into the top stories, Richie. Yeah, for sure. Let's go. All right. First one I had was um, Melbourne's preliminary, uh, preliminary final preliminary. Um, <laughs> ha- has been moved to an afternoon time slot um, to avoid the time clash with the AFL grand final. Um, not really a bit of a, any surprise there, but I thought we better put it in. What do you think about that? A good decision? Yeah, it makes sense. Um, you're not comparing competing for the... Um, same same time slot there, so hopefully it um you know it, it, uh, you won't lose any viewership there. Yeah, and see Mark's here too, and yeah, it's it's not big word. It's just too many syllables. I, I'm not a fan of that word. Um, Killed it, Mark. We'll go. We'll go semi-finals. That sounds better. Um, also, a little bit of other news is um, Tarek Sims is set to be moved on from the Dragons. Uh, Roosters are rumoured to be a landing spot for him. Um, but what do you think about the Dragons wanting to let Tarek Sims go? 
really interesting one because I thought he was one of their best this year and also in State of Origin, he was very, very good. So but a bit of a strange one for me, um, but not surprising that the Roosters are a rumoured landing spot. <laughs> He'll fit yeah. nicely in, under the sombrero. Exactly. Um, I'm waiting to hear that the Tigers are offering him a deal as well. Um because that's just yep. what the Tigers do. But, yeah, I think it's a strange call. I, I would be keeping him. I um, think, yeah, like you said, one of their better performers this year. And, um, yeah, I guess they're just trying to help me out with my prediction of them making the, the wooden spoon next year by getting rid of one of their better better players. Um, and like Mark said, it would be great for a struggling club like the Roosters to pick them up. Yeah, um, <laughs> definitely. Uh, they need all the help they can get. So, uh, yeah. I'm sure he'll be a great pickup for them. But in all honesty, I think he'll be a great pickup for any team that grabs him. You know, he, he's not going to end up being one of those players that has to move to Super League. There'll be a team that definitely picks him up for sure. Oh, yeah, I'd take him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, Simon said it makes sense not to have Melbourne Storm clashing with the AFL final. Yeah, it's just yeah, a smart decision um, yeah. by the, the NRL there. Um, keeping with the NRL train, uh, the NRL are providing all NRLW players um, with $3,500 as a COVID relief payment, um, which is to cover their preseason payments. So um, good to see them come to the party there. I'm not too sure. I've been trying to look into it, what happens with the New Zealand players that are over there. Because um, as we've seen, um, the Warriors have been hitting the social media about trying to get their um, staff that are stuck over there away home due to the fact that it's so hard yep. to get back to New Zealand. Um, those players that were kind of prepared to go over there and be stuck um, there for the, the season, now there's no season to actually play and possibly no way to come home for any time. So this $3,500 is a great little payment to, to help them out. But for those that are stuck there, I'm it's not tough. sure what's going to happen. Um, yeah. I assume the the teams that they'd sign for will will help them help them out, but I, I'll keep looking and hopefully I have some more information on that for next week. And then, um, oh, I do actually have a few more naughty boys than I thought, Richie. Um, we were talking oh, before cool. the show. Um, Josh fun. Josh Dugan been released from the Sharks. <laughs> um, he he had another COVID breach. He has since announced his retirement after um, being released. But he actually came out and he said um, he was forced to retire because he couldn't afford to pay his fines and that the fine system is broken. <laughs> um, I don't I, – what's your take on this? I don't think the fine system is broken. I just think he doesn't seem to understand that the more you stuff up, the more you have to pay. Uh, yeah, simple fix to me. Um don't get fines. <laughs> don't act yeah. like a plonker. Um, Josh Dugan's had trouble in the in the past not acting like a plonker. So, um, but you know, it, it is what it is. He he couldn't help but breach protocol. So here he is retired. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. All the best to him. He's he's done some good things in his prime and and represented yeah. his state and whatnot. So best of luck for his next step. Yeah, I'm not sure where he would have ended up, I think. After being released from the Sharks, I don't see any team picking Super him up. Super League, I'm, yeah. It would be Super League, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't see an NRL team risking bringing him on, unless it's the Tigers, because they they try to get everybody. So, um, 
Yeah, uh, interesting there. But also on the releasing schedule, Adam Elliott's been released from the Bulldogs. Um, they've decided after after his um, discretions that enough was enough and they needed to draw a line in the sand. And, um, yeah, he's been done. And lo and behold, the Tigers are looking at offering him a deal. Um, what are your thoughts on Adam Elliott's um, both on the field and off the field? Well, he's a very solid player on the field. It's just off the field where he struggles. So, um, yeah, I can't say um, I blame the Bron- uh, the Broncos, the Bulldogs, too much for for the outcome. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens, whether um, he winds up at a club like the Tigers. He'd make a – I don't know. He wouldn't fix all the Tigers' problems, but – It'd be a start, but he, he needs to just get his um, get his off the field antics in order. So, yeah. so would it be good for their reality reality TV show? I mean, you've got to got to take in this the, the, the media exposure that he could also bring. It's not just about playing ability nowadays for the Tigers. Uh, that that doco was a one year deal, so he he's come at the wrong time. But he is yeah he is a talented player. He's just got to sort of his life out. Um, mm as honest brutally honest as i can be um otherwise you know he'll he'll be just like the last guy we just mentioned josh dugan where you can have all the talent in the world but if you don't behave off the field you're not going to last long um yeah it's it's frustrating to see talented players just throwing their careers away um it's yeah they um, Mark said on the field, Elliot is a solid player, but his issues are all off field and alcohol related. Yeah. Um, mm. You know, would I like to see uh, whoever picks him up? I'd like to see them have a bit more of a firmer hand in helping him deal with that stuff. Even if it's a point where you sign him a deal, but you have in your contract with him that he's got to stay off the grog during the season. Um, then I guess he stays off the grog during the season. And then as soon as the season's over, he could have a flare up. You you just don't know. Um, hopefully he gets the help he needs um, so he can continue to play because that's ideally what we all want to see. We all want to see the talented players do what they do best. Um, we'll, we'll continue the training, Naughty Boys. This one I just brought in. Um, it's nothing too serious, but uh, Broncos players Jordan Ricky and um, Thomas Fledger had a bit of a dust-up on their um, post-season celebrations. Um, they were engaged in a bit of a, a wrestling match, and um, it took a serious turn, and um, a bit of blood was shed. And um, it doesn't seem to be that big of a deal. They, they've addressed it the next day. Um, yeah, I know it's called Mad Monday. I, I think this flowed on past Monday, though. Um, it sounds like it was a, a Tuesday. So... Um, <laughs> But it was, um, yeah, it sounds like they, they aired, aired the dirty laundry the next day with each other and um, apologised and everything's all good now. Um, but just what are your take, uh, Richie? We, we've, we've heard some decent Mad Monday stories in the past. This one doesn't really um, live up to what we're used to. No, um, this one's just a stock standard one. Who won? Flegler won, didn't he? Wasn't I think it? so. Yeah, I think Ricky might have needed a couple of stitches or something. <laughs> uh, yeah, bit of a nothing story. It's just a bit of in-house fighting. I don't, you know, I think it'll be buried pretty quick. Yeah, and yeah, Mark said if it was anything like their defense this season, it would have been a big issue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, continuing with the um, 
play has been released. We we talked briefly about it last week that the Bulldogs had let a lot of players go. One of them was Lachlan Lewis, who's been a a, a person that's um, been in our news stories for the past few weeks with him trying to sell boom boxes and the like. Um, he's actually got several offers on the table from Super League, but he's holding out for an NRL offer. Do you see an NRL team picking him up? Well, he's a talented player as well. We've not really seen the best of him at the Bulldogs, only in sort of in, in brief spurts. But, you know, not a lot of people are exactly setting the, the world on fire at the Bulldogs. Yeah, potentially, Brad. I don't, you know, I think he's he's good enough to stay in the NRL. Um, but, you know, another one who has to sort out all, all, all those little bits of shenanigans, the, the extracurricular stuff he does. I'm sorry, yeah, yeah. S- selling NRL-owned um, property. Yeah. The NRL is just saying no. Boy, the NRL have gone around all the clubs saying don't touch him. <laughs> well, that's yeah. that's the thing. I didn't know whether that, that the NRL were going to deregister him. Any word on that, Brad? Are they deregistering him? or? Uh, it sounds like they, they've kind of, yeah, I think they have deregistered him. Um, so he has to re-register if he gets a new contract um, mm. offered. So, yeah, even if he does end up, most likely the Tigers again, um, or the Roosters. The Roosters, just like everybody as well, um, they would have to go to the NRL and get it approved, um, which we've seen happen in the past. Yeah. Um, it's just, I think in that case, though, the, t- the club that is looking at it has to show what they're going to do to help make sure they don't make those mistakes again, um, i.e. the players. So... We'll, we'll keep our, our ears to the ground on that one and see what happens there. But I think it's probably a safer position knowing that you have um, Super League options on the table in case you don't get that offer. You do still have a pathway. Um, it's just, yeah, a wait-and-see approach. And yeah, Simon's just said the problem, Super League's starting to run out of money to their new TV deal, and it's less than what they previously had. So they might not be able to sign these players. Yeah, that's true there. Money's got to come from somewhere. They can't. Super League's not always going to be an option um, for all the players to go and make some money. Yeah, and, and aren't Super League being sponsored um, with uh, free pizza rather than actual that, money? That was last year, Paul. They, they've got better <laughs> now. They they get hanging rings with it too. So, yeah, they've upgraded. Um, continuing with the Bulldogs, though, they've actually just signed um, John Asiata on yep. a one-year deal. Um, I think that's a great pickup. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of a, a low risk giving him one year, um, giving him a chance to see if he can extend it. Um, without we, we see so many times players signing on these long term deals, and then you just shake your head, going, um, you know, is it worth it? So, I, I don't mind the one year deal, um, give him a chance to prove himself, and um, I'm sure he'll do good things there for them. Yeah, I mean. He, he's proven to be a good ball playing back rower in the past, but hasn't really got you know a whole heap of game time with the Broncos. But I think at a club like the Bulldogs, he will see a a bit of game time because the Bulldogs need a bit more, um, you know, a bit more in their forward pack. So yeah. pretty good pickup for them. Yeah, and I saw Mark mention it earlier, but um, Titans have confirmed that Ashley Taylor and Tyrone Peachy are no longer with the club. Yeah, we 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 kind of already knew that Taylor was on the way out, but uh, letting Peachy go was a bit surprising for me. Um, I thought he 
he's always been a good player. Um, but I know Mark, Mark was asking what our thoughts were on Taylor um, and who we thought could potentially pick him up. I think Taylor's actually a lot better than what people give him credit for. Um, I think the biggest problem was how much he was getting paid. The, yeah, the price tag. isn't his fault. Um, the Titans panicked at the thought that he might leave them and go back to the Broncos, so they threw a million dollars at him. And I wouldn't say no. <laughs> um, if you offered me a million dollars to say, even if I knew that that wasn't what I was worth, um, I wouldn't say no at all. So I feel like it, he's kind of been a scapegoat for some mismanagement by the Titans there. And I'm I'm surprised that no one's really chucked feelers out there were rumors that the Raiders were interested, but it sounds like they've called off on that. The Raiders apparently are still interested in potentially picking up Peachy, though. Um, and uh, I think I think Peachy will be a good pickup for anyone. And Taylor, I'm trying to think of a team. I, I see him more as a backup right now. I don't see a team that he could slot straight into the halves for. Mm. Uh, do, you, do you have anyone off the top of your head? No, I think you're right, Brad. It's it's hard to see a team where he, you know, maybe some of the struggling sides, but even the Bulldogs have added a lot to their backs, and and probably I think wherever he ends up, he he'll have to he'll have to expect a bit of a pay cut because you're spot on about his price tag. It's a similar situation with Luke Brooks at the Tigers. Uh, you know, they signed him to a big deal, and and with that comes all the expectation. And, and when you, you're not making the finals, then all the finger fingers get pointed at you because you're the one with the big price tag and you, you should be the one delivering these teams to the finals. So those two are in a bit of the same situation as each other. Yeah, definitely. And Mark's mentioned dragons for Taylor maybe. And that's kind of what yeah. I was thinking because they're letting Corey Norman go. Um, you could have Taylor and Hunt. Hunt, they would go good together. Yeah, and um, Paul's just asked, are there NRL rules on how much player salaries can drop? There isn't. There's uh, like a, a minimum wage line, um, which I can't remember the exact figure on, but as long as they're above that, it's fine. So you could be a – you look at Sean Johnson going yeah. from like almost a million a year coming down to like three, four hundred. Um, it kind of goes, I, I guess, as much as both the club and players agree. Um, you know, all the roosters are on minimum wage. That's why they have so many talented players. So you, you know, you have James Tedesco basically paying the roosters to play there. So, um, you know, it depends on what what the club is, I guess. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting. We'll we'll keep an eye on that. Hopefully, so yeah. Mark said there's a minimum wage line which used to be ninety k, but it's now around one hundred and twenty. So, yeah, I thought it was around that 100K mark, which is not a bad minimum wage. Um, I'll take it, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I guess I, I wouldn't say no to that. It says the man who's a stay-at-home parent. Yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> I'd get smashed every week for that. I wouldn't mind. <laughs> um, but, yeah, before we move on to reviewing the finals week games, the last bit of news was just really – uh, quick update on the player awards. So every every team has their end of year awards. Um, not every team's announced theirs because there are still some teams playing, but I've got a list of the ones that have been named. We'll start with our team because we, we don't get to talk about them as much in the, the postseason or the playoff area. 
Uh, but the Warriors, um, they had Tohu Harris won the Simon Mannering Medal for the second year in a row, which is the the Player of the Year. Um, Adam Fanua Blake won the Players Player Award, um, which is the the best player voted by the players. And Reese Walsh got Rookie of the Year. Um, and Marcelo Montoya won Clubman of the Year Award. What do you take on on those? I was. I was surprised that Tohu got it due to the limited game time he had. Um, but I've been compiling my data for my season review for my website that I write, and I've compiled the amount of times players have been named my player of the day and player to improve. And Tohu was up there yeah. um, in mine. I think it was between Tohu, Reese, and Fanua Blake on my list of my opinions of player of the day. Um, so I'm not 100% surprised. I just thought um, that it might have been Fenua Blake due to the more games. Yeah, but even he missed a, a decent chunk of the season as well, Brad, I, I guess. Um, I'm not so upset with it. I think with Torhu no. Harris, he, he reminds me very much of Mannering, who I think won it, what was it, five times? Um in the past, but similar for me, he he'll give you eight out of ten performance at the least every every week. You know his worst games are never um, much worse than his best games. So um, I, I was happy for Montoya to pick up Clubman of the Year because we've yeah. all, all spoken about it in the past um, that he's he's come up as a really good signing for us when, when he probably didn't have the expectations on him, but he's proven to be a very Dependable, even better than dependable. Really, he's been a really good he's signing. Been, so, yeah, he's been yeah. a good hand. And yeah, um, Marcos has said that like interesting that um, it's only four players that have won the Player of the Year award for the last eleven seasons. Apparently, it's five. Um, Don't look in the live chat. Can you name them? Five. Um, yeah. Price. Oh, in the last how many years? Uh, eleven years. The Mannering picked up a few. Tohu's got, got two. Roger got three. Ben Matalino got two. Ben Matalino got two. Mannering. Yeah, I've got Matalino, Tohu, RTS, Mannering, and uh, RTS, Manu. of course. Yeah. No, Manu Vatabai? Manu got one in the last year. Did he? He got one. I know RTS got it three times, I'm pretty sure. This is great live chat, guys. Anyway, <laughs> a, fun, a fun little, um, yeah, fun, fun little, uh, little pop quiz halfway through the show. Yeah, um, and before we move on to the other teams, just we're kind of flowing on from our conversation last week about how rubbish the recruitment is. Um, oh yeah, so yeah, sorry, Mark said Manu was back in two thousand nine. Yeah, I know we yeah. got one. Um, I'm just not good with mess. Um, but yeah, uh, just on that note. Three out, of, three out of the four awards were won by players that recruited this year. Um, so, yeah, the recruitment's really bad. Um, so, yeah, just a little add-on to Tony <laughs> Kemp's segment from last week. Uh, but then, yeah, the rest of the teams, I've just got their Player of the Year award. Um, so Broncos, Payne Haas, um, won it for had the third be. year in a row. Had to be, uh, yeah. Jordan, Jordan Rapana won it for the Raiders. Yep. Um, which we kind of mentioned last week. He was kind of yeah. the, the shining light for them this season. That's fair uh, enough. Bulldogs, Bulldogs with Josh Jackson. Um, yep. He won it. 
Um, Will Kennedy won it for the Sharks. Yeah, that's well-deserved. Um, Big Tino won it for the Titans. Yeah, great signing, uh, that. Yeah, Cohen Hess won it for the Cowboys, which... That's was, a bit surprising. It's surprising. I, To be honest, I, when I saw it, I thought... I, I was like, I don't recall him actually playing a lot, but um, the Cowboys haven't really blowing anyone off the park with their performances. Yeah. So it's it's easy to forget a player, I guess. Um Ben Hunt won the Dragons one. Yeah. And I'd Jacob Safiti won the one for the Knights. Yeah, that's well deserved. Great, and, great yeah, season. Seagulls, Storm, Eels, Panthers and Roosters. Um all haven't named theirs because they're obviously still playing. And the Tigers haven't announced theirs yet for some reason. I guess they're still recovering from how bad a season they had potentially um, before we go on, though, put your thinking cap on. Who would you have as the Tigers player of the year? Can I pick nobody? <laughs> you can't. But I, I would probably go myself um, with either Dane. Dane Laurie was pretty good, yeah. Dane Laurie or... Um, Up until getting Utoka, injured. Yeah, or um, Utukum, Utukumanu, um Stefano. I think is his yeah. first name. Um, they didn't have a lot of shining lights, did they? There are a couple of standouts. Yeah, you're probably on the money, Brad. Yeah. Um, so we should hopefully have um, who won their one by by the time our show's on next week, so we can update that. Um, yeah. Adam and, Dewey, um, that's a good call. Adam, Adam Dewey, Dewey as well. Adam Dewey as well. So there's potentially three options there. Um, but we may as well get straight into finals week one now. Um We've got uh, round the first game was Friday night, Storm defeating the Seagulls 40 to 12. Um, the biggest biggest score of the weekend. Uh, what were your thoughts on this game? Pretty convincing, wasn't it? Uh, six, six tries to two. Um, Brandon Smith was carving up, laying on tries, and the writing was on the wall really early in the game, even with the cheese going off hurt. I think he had a head clash with LOA. Um, didn't still didn't get any better. I think Melbourne did a great job of shutting down all of the big weapons from Manly. Obviously, Tom Travojevic, they, they did a really good job on him, but none of Manly's big guns really stood up at all. Um, and they were just they were just closed down really well. And then you got Pappenhausen continuing his great form from the week prior, and yeah, it was dominant. Yeah, I think. Um... We, we covered it briefly when they last faced about how the Storm were able to shut Tommy Turbo down. They couldn't shut him completely down, but this game they did. He yeah. he he really struggled out there, but Manly struggled on a whole. It was quite concerning um, being that this is the game that I predicted would be the grand final. Um, I'm still holding out. I, I think it was just a, a poor performance by Manly, maybe potentially not showing all their cards. Um being the optimist here um, that years as a Warriors fan has, has led me to be, but they, um, yeah, Storm are just too clinical. Um, mm. It's really their competition to lose. They, they really have to be outplayed to not see them go all the way, in my opinion. And um, yeah, you can lose a guy like Brandon Smith. Thankfully for him and the Storm, his um, head clash isn't a fracture like they thought it could be. Yeah. So he, He's good to go again. And, um, yeah, they've just got talent everywhere, and they've got talent in the ranks. If they have to get called up, they could come in and do the job. And um, 
yeah, really dangerous looking and yeah, Manly really need to learn from this and bounce back hard this week if they want to keep them themselves alive. Another performance like this and they'll be gone. Mm, but I think a lot of the credit has to go to Melbourne. They did a yeah. fantastic job shutting them down, slowing their ruck speed down and we were kind of talking before the show, Manly, Manly loved that quick pace ball and feed yeah. off that, but they just weren't getting it. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, yeah, the biggest margin in the first game, um, which takes us to the second game with um, a very small margin, with the Roosters holding on to beat the Titans 25-24. to 24. Um, I know a lot of talk after this game was directed at former warrior Patrick Herbert um, with an unfortunate um, case of the Solomon Cutter. Um, not passing with a with a two man overlap in the in the dying stages. Um, it was a Logan Swan. It was. That's what came to my mind. Um, yeah, I still haven't. I think. Yeah, I still haven't forgiven Logan Swan for not passing against the Eels. No. Um, so, I, I saw a message from Patrick after the game where he like said the season's done and you know. Apologies, and um, he appreciated all the support and appreciated all the all the haters as well, and that that he he will build on this. And I'm sure it's a lesson he's going to learn. Um, it's it's always it's that that couch quarterback type of approach. You can see what he should have done and what he didn't, but in that moment, yeah. you, you just don't know. It's um, I know Corey Thompson wasn't happy with him. Um, <laughs> Oh, that's saying that's the saying the least. <laughs> yeah, but um, I I give the Titans credit for being in the position to win that game because I didn't see that before the game started. I expected this to be a, a relatively um, easy easy win for the Roosters, and um, yeah, they really took them to it. What did you think about this game overall? Beside the the last few minutes, they just hung in there. I think the Roosters look. You know, I mean, the Roosters pulled out to the lead, but every time um, the Titans would sort of peg it back and, and just hang in there, I think it was 12-6 at halftime. So, and then Big Tino crashed over after halftime and some of the tries were like Brian Kelly's try where he sort of just brushed off Angus Crichton. It's, it was weird weird by the Roosters because I, I kind of thought they they might win by a bit more, but then they just have soft moments like that. And then Ikevalu dropping the ball straight to Jared Wallace for for their last try, for the Titans' last try. It was just a few weird moments like that, which prevented the Roosters doing it any easier. But credit to the Titans for hanging in there and being in a position to steal it, which they probably should have done. But, you know, hindsight's a great thing. And I think maybe it was just, a, it was just the moment that might have got to Patrick Herbert. I don't think he was trying to be greedy. I just... You know, I think nine times out of ten he'd give that ball to Big David Fafita and he'd crash over, but just the pressure of the moment. Uh, the problem is he's playing for the Titans instead of the Warriors because that little flick he did, if he was still with the Warriors there, our winger would have caught it and scored. Um, every day of the week, yeah. Every day of the week. So that's more that's more on Corey Thompson, I, I think. He should he should have been able to catch that. He should look uh, in the mirror. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, I think... It's disappointing for them, I'm sure, to to go out like they did. But um, the fact that they were competitive, uh, especially we forgot to mention early in the first half, Tyrone Peachy was sent to the bin. Yeah. Um, 
So the fact that they they played with 12 men for 10 minutes in this game and still were that close um, showed that there, there might be a little bit of fight in them and um, hopefully they learn from this and build for it next year and um, give themselves a decent stab at making the playoffs and lasting more than the first week. Um, but before we move on, there's been a lot of talk about the blocking play um, before mm, the yeah. Bowl. Um, it's not the first time this year that it's been called into question, um, but it's still not being penalised. By the letter of the law, it is a penalty, but the refs aren't calling it. So do you think this is something that they just aren't seeing or something they've decided that it's a grey area? Here's my opinion, Brad. I think – you strap, strap yourself in. Um, I don't agree with the walls. Uh, being set up to block, to block the the kickers, especially if they're in front of the play of the ball, technically offside. Um, but I think in those situations late in a game where the game's on the line, I think there's a lot of examples of the refs just putting their whistle away. Um, yeah. And it, you could extend it to the team trying to charge down the trying to charge down the field goals being offside and the mark is not being square. That happens a lot too, but then the refs yeah. just put the whistle away because of the situation of the game and probably not wanting to make a call. What do you yeah. think? Yeah, I. if it was the first one, um, like if they, if every other one we've seen this year had been penalised and then this was the first one that wasn't, it would be more of an issue. But the fact that everyone this year has been left, mm. I don't see it as big as an issue. If my team was in that situation and that happened, I might have a different opinion. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think it's kind of – I think I've always said, like, with my the referee decisions, if they're playing it fair, if they're calling it both ways, um, I don't have an issue with it. So mm. if, if it was the other way around and the Titans had done the block play and done the field goal. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Um, I don't think there would have been much of an issue, but... It's not finals footy if there's not a bit of controversy in the game. So, Absolutely. Um, yeah, that'll take us to the next game on Saturday. Um, the first real proper surprise for me, uh, the Rabbitohs defeating the Panthers 16-10. Uh, another, another close game, but I was actually really surprised at how lackluster the Panthers looked. Um, what do you think? I agree with you completely. They, they did not look like the Panthers were seen for most of the season, and very strange to see them only score one try. And it was a beauty. It was a good effort off a lovely grubber from Clary and Momorowski. 
managing to jump over the dead ball line and scoop it back for Crichton. So it was a lovely yeah. try, but very weird for them to only get one try. Um, but I think a lot of credit has to go to South Sydney's defence. Their defence was unreal, and they just kept repelling most of the Panthers' raids. Um, I was impressed with um, ta- well, Taff, Taff, I think you pronounce it's, his name. I think it's um, Taff. Yeah. yeah, he did a good job, apart from shelling the first bomb that went his way, I think. But other than that, he he was very solid. I mean, very hard man to to replace Latrell. But, you know, I think that's just the kind of role he needs to play. And, and if he does that, then I think the, the um, Rabbitohs are in with a decent chance of, as anybody to to go pretty well. Um because yeah. the, the other the other bits of the puzzle are there. Obviously, Cody Walker again sh- shows his class, and um, he he backed up off Dan Gagai for a nice try. But you know him, Reynolds. You know, you know what you're going to get out of those guys, Cam Murray. So uh, I think if Taft plays his role there, I think they'll still have a decent shot. What do you reckon? Yeah, yeah, I think he played really well. I was worried for him when he dropped that first one. Um, yeah. I was like, they're going to target him all night and he, he's going to lose his confidence after that. But he didn't. He he took it on the chin and kept growing and growing throughout the game. Um, it's a horrible situation to be put in to kind of be thrown in at fullback this late into the season, um, mm. replacing a guy like the likes of Mitchell. But he's really doing well. And, um, yeah, the Rabbitohs, I, they're still one of those teams where you can't rule them out completely. No, definitely not. Uh, but they they know how to win. And if you see the the progression they've had, you know, they've played um, the Panthers three times this year. First time they had 50 put on them. The second time they were still beaten, I think it was 25-12. Um, and then this one, getting the win. So they're, they're pulling them back. Could they, could they do something like this against the Storm? I'm not sure. Uh, but, yeah, the Panthers, I think... It was one of those ones where the Rabbitohs played as good as you expect them to. It's just I feel like the Panthers didn't come with the right level um, that they would. Not trying to sh- take the shine away from the Rabbitohs there, but um, I think it was definitely more a, a poor performance by the Panthers mm. in my eyes. Um, they just made too many errors, and um, I'm not going to say anything about their players because that means they'll bounce back stronger next week. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, I think it was it was good for the Rabbitohs to get the win and uh, a much deserved week off this week. And, um, that takes us to the last game. Um, it's good only having a couple of games it means we're not here for three hours talking. <laughs> <laughs> the the game the only game we had different in the tips um, this week, and I thought I had it until. The referees took the game out of my hands with the Eels defeating the Knights 28-20. Um, talk about the the elephant in the room, that penalty try at the end. What was your take on it? Did you did you think it was a penalty try or did you think the right thing, like me, and Gutherson knocked the ball on? I think it's a penalty try if Gutherson didn't knock it on and he kicked it properly. But I think you go back to the first, indiscretion for me which would be knock on I know we've seen it in the past with Slater doing it and the drop kick rule but uh, for me you're not doing a drop kick unless you're aiming it towards the post trying to trying to score some points um, I think he's he's wanted to do a grubber and he's dropped the ball that's my thoughts on it what do you think 
Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I know they said in the rules, yeah, um, a drop goal doesn't have to be aimed at the posts to be classed as a drop goal, um, which kind of sounds counterintuitive to me. Yeah, um, absolutely. But he wasn't lining up to do a droppy in any states. You, his whole body motion was to do a grubber. So they were ahead by two. What what would they have gained out of kicking a field goal when they're ahead by two? Yeah. Um, so I think that was the bad call. If you say that he did do that grubber and it was classed as a grubber, I can see what they were trying to do with the penalty try. But I think yeah. it's like we just mentioned in that game earlier with the Roosters. In those situations, the ref generally puts their hand in the pocket um, or puts the whistle in the pocket. Sorry. Um, in this case, they didn't. Um, I don't think it was a penalty try, but. I thought the Eels, the Knights came to the party. I thought the Knights were going to get me the upset that I predicted. Um, but the Eels just played better. They they picked the right time for the likes of Mitchell Moses and um, that to step up and have a good game. Um, Blake mm. Ferguson was strong for them. Um, he's still off contract. They're not offering him a deal, so he's free to go anywhere. I personally think it's silly. Because they, they've got Mike Recevo, who's a great player, but he's one of the softest NRL players in the comp. Um, Milkman, yep. He He's not going to last a full season for them next year. So, And Blake Ferguson knows how to, how to win. Um, he might not be the best player on the planet, but he knows his way to the try line and will get you there um, when you need him to. So... Hmm. I'm, sure, I'm sure some team will have to pick him up. Um, most likely the Tigers... Uh, because that's just no Tigers, or he might go back to the Roosters. You never know. Mm. Um, the Roosters have kind of lost um, some outside backs now, so yep. potentially they they might be able to get him in there. Um, but yeah, I thought it was a good showing by the Eels. Um, happily proven wrong. Um, I think they played a lot better than um, I thought they would. But Knights, yeah, unfortunately for the Knights, their, their season is done. Um, there's still a lot of talk that they might be letting Mitchell Pierce go. I think if they let Mitchell Pierce go, their season's already done before it starts next year. Yeah, perhaps. I, uh, they 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 will lean very heavily on Kalen Ponga if they do, and even in this game, he was he was setting up most of their most of their points and a couple of lovely plays for uh, Nari Tuala. He he laid on a couple of lovely tries. Um, yeah, I thought the Eels did well. I thought that they brought the blueprint that they used for earlier in the season when they were winning a lot of games, you know, a lot of brutality in the forwards. I thought Regan Campbell-Gillard was really good, putting on some monster shots. Um, yeah. And then off the back of that, Mitch Moses had one of his better games in a long time and, and him and Gutherson, the playmakers, were jumping off the back of that. So will that, yeah. will that take them any further? It remains to be seen, but I think they did what they needed to do. I think in your heart of hearts, Brad, you knew that the Eels were going to win. I think you were just trying to be cool and different to me with your picks. <laughs> no, I, I, <laughs> I have, I've said a long time. I've ridden the Eels off for a while. Um, yeah, and I, out of all the games, that was the one game I saw an upset happening. Um, but I, I just got the wrong one, the wrong, uh, wrong game for the upset. Um, but yeah, they they should have won and they did. So yeah. Um, yeah. Like you said, though, I, I potentially don't see them going much further, but mm. they 
they got out of the the first week of playoffs, which is always the goal. Oh, it's um, good for them, that, yeah. That is that is the the roundup of the week. So we may as well talk about the tips. It's not really much of a competition anymore, but we're, we we better talk about it. Um, it was four games. I got two out of four. Uh, I got the Panthers game wrong and the Knights Eels game. And Richie, you didn't do much better. You got three out of four. Um, so you are leading the playoff tips three out of four and me two out of four. If we want to look back in history, you were leading the, the regular season at some stage too. So we'll see what happens there. But um, I think I, I took state of origin. So maybe, you know. You did. You're, you're good I, in the short game. I'm good. Yeah, I am. I'm good, good at um, the shorter part of the season. I'll take that. So um, we may as well, we, we've got the final series here. We may as well um, do our picks and preview now while we're here and then do the, <laughs> the questions after. <laughs> Definitely um, power over cardio, Paul. <laughs> yeah, so after after those games, uh, Melbourne and the Rabbitohs get a week off and go into next week's games. Um, and we've got Manly, Roosters, and the Eels, Panthers. So we'll do our picks now and do the questions later, Richie. Um, Manly, Roosters. I've picked Manly. Um, I think the Roosters showed what they had, but I think playing against a, a team like Manly, who are better than the Titans, and hurting after an embarrassing loss to the Storm, I think they're going to be too strong. Yeah, I've taken Manly as well. I think they'll want they'll be really keen for a bounce back performance. I think the Roosters already with the understrength squad, they lose Sam Verrills through suspension and also mm-hmm. Takiaho, I think, through injury. So uh, more injuries they c- couldn't really afford. So I think Manly should get that one done. Yeah, and then the Eels-Panthers, basically exactly what I just said. Um, Panthers be too strong for the Eels and hurting after an embarrassing loss. So I think they'll overcome the Eels as well. Yeah, I think so. I think when you line the teams up, the Panthers just have... uh, Not that the Parramatta team doesn't have quality, but the Panthers have quality basically 1 through 17. Um, And I think that they'll bounce back. See, and Simon's going against us here. He's back the Roosters over Manly, but he's going Ooh. with us on the, the Panthers-Eels game. So um, if if we're right, we should be seeing uh, Melbourne, Melbourne-Panthers game yep. next week and a Manly-Rabbitohs game, um, which if you, if you go back to the season on a whole, those are probably the four teams that we were talking about being in the running to win the whole thing. So... In fairness, that's probably the four that should make it. But as we saw the week just gone, you you never know. It's going to be – that's, I suppose, the exciting thing about finals footy. Um, you could be the best team for 20 weeks. And then, like we saw last year with the Panthers, Panthers were like the the team to beat. And then they they showed up at the wrong time and lost in the final. So. Yeah, and that's I think that's kind of cool what it's done to the draw because everyone from I think before the halfway through the season most people have been saying Storm Panthers grand final and, and now we know that won't happen. They, they'll meet semi final if the Panthers win this weekend, so be a cracker game, but a great opportunity for someone like the Rabbitohs or, or Manly or Roosters, whoever comes through that game, to get a grand yeah. final spot. And yeah, that's what Simon's saying as well. If he's following that Penrith, um, they don't get to play. Yeah, basically, if we were going to see the much predicted Melbourne Penrith final, um, they needed to win last week, which they didn't do. 
So they've given themselves the harder avenue to make the final now. Um, <laughs> up the bunnies. Up the, uh, up the bunnies from ISAC. Yeah, I wouldn't mind that. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting. There's Out of the four teams, I'm not actually that upset with either of them, um, any of them going through really. Um, I've, I've softened on Manly over the year, which I never thought would happen. Feels yeah, dirty, so right? Got, it does. So, yeah. <laughs> So there's the go. We've got Friday night, we've got Manly Roosters, so we've both picked Manly. And then yep. Saturday, Panthers Eels, we've both picked Penrith. Um, so they're both both some really good matches, though, which is good to see. Um, mm. Getting Should be some quality football to talk about next week. So um, we, we skipped ahead, so we may as well go back now, um, go back in time to our question segment. Were there any questions from everyone in the in the crowd, Paul? Paul, you there, Paul? Sorry, I just went to put something on the fire because my fire was going out. Um, no, I'm back. I'm back. Um, so questions. Yes, we do. We do. We do. We do. We do. We've got a question from Simon. Um, I'm scrolling back up because he asked it earlier. Uh, it was around the uh, doco. Um, who do you think? Um, uh, so talking about the, the Tigers doco, who do you think should have a doco next year? Who would um, like, I guess who do you like to see and who do you think will actually happen? I still I still think the Warriors. I know that sounds one side as a Warriors fan, but I just think the story of behind the scenes of being stuck in Australia, I think that is a very interesting behind the scenes look at how the players and that are adjusting to being in Australia. We've we've talked about it in the past about some of the, the players have had to arrange, you know, four or five different schools for their kids to go into while they're over there. All that off-the-field stuff just seems a lot more interesting, which is kind of what the Tigers doco has showed. It's been a lot of off-the-field stuff. Um, so, But I understand as a Warriors fan that that comes out very one-sided. But I just think in terms of a documentary, you want an interesting story to kind of flow through. Um, that would be my pick. Yeah, I'd love for Warriors too, but again, I'm like you, Brad, biased. Other than the Warriors, if I rule them out, I wouldn't mind um, Storm or Roosters. Uh, this year would have been cool having Rabbitohs because I would love to see some of the super coaches like Bennett, uh, obviously Bellamy of the Storm or Trent Robinson of the Roosters. I don't think Bellamy or Bennett or Bennett won't be a, at a club next year, but I don't think him or Bellamy would be big fans of <laughs> that kind of documentary for their clubs, but I'd love to see it as, as a fan. The Roosters um, the roosters wouldn't allow it because then you'd you'd most likely see how much they're, they're cheating the cap. So Yeah, agreed. Um, they they wouldn't want that. <laughs> the, um, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, Simon, yeah, it's got, it's also gone with the, 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 the storm there. Um, but, um, I, I mean, all, whilst they are, they, they, they're kind of uh, uh, train wreck ones, but some. I mean, yeah, the Bulldogs could be fun, uh, just because of yeah, it will be it will be a train wreck of a of a season again for them probably. So you go, okay, um, let's uh, let, let let let's watch that one because uh, so so yeah, success and also train wrecks are, are mm. make two make make good quite good docos as well. Maybe Raiders. Ricky Stewart would um, have some interesting content, I'm sure. Um, yeah, 
the uh, yeah, most of the teams that have a Doco, have a Doco don't have a very good season when having the Doco. Interesting there, that one. Yeah. That insight. Um, the uh, and there was one about a uh, one about a cycling a Spanish cycling team, and they said it took a long time for them to get used to talking with the cameras around. So yeah. Uh, so there is an element of yeah, it it it, it can stunt your comp your the communication within your camp, uh, which might be the problem with this uh, for, for for teams in their first season and in the second season they get more used to it uh, if it just becomes part of the background and it doesn't interfere. Well, yeah, maybe it does interfere a bit with the with your season because there's certain yeah. things you don't want to say in front of camera, uh, and then you realise afterwards, hey, we can do it anyway. But mm -hmm. yeah, interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know if I could handle it year round because of uh, you guys would know of the stuff I say off camera. Um, <laughs> if I've got cameras on me all the time, it, it would be it would be disturbing. You'd be um, in trouble. Yeah, I I wouldn't be long long for a career um, in the NRL yeah. if they had cameras following might, me everywhere. Might might get some. Yeah. Oh, I might get heavily censored. Yeah. <laughs> But looking at um, how much language they let go by um, for the Tigers, Doco, I might be okay. <laughs> but yeah, we put an R rating on it. Who cares? Yeah, you can do what you exactly. like. Exactly. Well, yeah. Were there any other questions, or was it just that one? Uh, just that one from the live chat. All right. So um, we've got our questions. Um, I'm going to go with my one first because it kind of flows on from just talking uh, about the games just gone, but. Paul Kent, um, a frequent watcher of the show, he, he loves our work. Um, he was quoted over the weekend saying that the Panthers' season is done and dusted after that loss against the Rabbitohs. Do you agree or disagree? I disagree. I, I don't think it's necessarily done. I think if, if my picks are right, I think they'll bounce back this weekend and they'll put them in a showdown with Melbourne. And it, it's a one-off game against Melbourne. And I think they've shown in the past, that I think even earlier in the season, that they can beat Melbourne. Um, so I don't think they're done. I, I think if they get to that point where they play Melbourne, there's a, every chance that they could do well against them. And then if they get to the grand final, it's just, you know, it's a one-off game from there. And, and I think they'd match up favourably against whoever they, they meet. If it, if it happens to be... The Rabbitohs again, I think they'd be keen to get one back over them. So, you know, we'll see how it plays out. But I don't think you can say definitely that they're done already. I think maybe Paul Kent's just stirring a bit of stirring the pot a bit for some views. It it's going to make me sound real bad. Um, I've already I've already admitted on the show that I've softened on Manly, and I said um, I said. Um, after watching the Panthers game, before Kent said it, I said the same thing. I said the Panthers are done. Um, so I, I feel a bit hurt that I am saying the same thing Paul Kent is. Um, I thought I was better than that. Um, yeah, he's a flop apparently. I agree. Yeah, I I don't have a lot of time for a lot of the stuff he says because it's, it's to get a rise out of people. Um, it is, yeah. But, yeah, I, I think this season is done in the sense that I don't see them going all the way. I don't see them having any issues this week, but I don't see them beating Melbourne. If it was if it was the other way um, where they had won last week and then they potentially meet Melbourne in the final, I still don't see them beating Melbourne. Um, so you don't, you don't think that this weekend was just a blip on the radar? They've shown for two years now they know how to win. 
they don't know how to win against Melbourne. It's, they did earlier in the year. Yeah, they they're really good at winning during the regular season, but Melbourne <laughs> are really Melbourne are really good at winning in the postseason. Um, yeah, but stranger things are happening. It's it's like you said, it's it's a one off game. Um, I just yeah, I don't think they are playing it. I don't think anyone's really playing at the level to beat Melbourne um, at the moment. Yeah, potentially not. But then you just need to look through their lineup to to realise that you know they've got the quality to do it, mate. Clear any yeah. team with Cleary and Luai and your halves, and not even talking about their forwards. Fantastic forward pack, Brian Toto, there's Stephen Crichton. They've got talent all over the park. It's just whether they can do it postseason. That's so we're fast forwarding week then. Does that mean you're picking Penrith to beat the Storm in the picks next week? Mm. I think I'm tossing a coin there. We'll find out next week, but I think I'm, it's going to involve some coin tossing. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so what's your question for me before we before we move on? Just um, now that we're in the finals, I just was curious what what of what is or what are your favourite memories of finals footy, Brad? I, I thought it would make for a nice little discussion. You know what what. What memories you've got of finals footy? What, maybe even throw in a bad one if you want. Oh yeah, I got two bad ones. Um, they're kind of good might. and bad. Um, so the Warriors making two grand finals were great yeah. memories, but but losing them, um, yeah, kind of soured it. It was great to be there, but to lose was bad. But the two that I had that were my favourite footy moments also involved the Warriors. I had the uh, two thousand and eight game of the Warriors beating the Storm. Um, oh yeah, eighteen fifteen with that that favourite try of mine with um, Ro Party making a break down the sideline, giving it to Manu, and then Michael Witt doing Put a little the bit ball of down. dance. Yeah, um, I think I think the NRL um, named that the biggest upset mm. um, when they did a, a list as well. Um, that one was probably a great memory because that was a game that the Warriors were written off from the yep. start. Um, and then to win it in that facet in the very dying stages um, with Manu not doing a herbert and actually passing. Um, it was, yeah, a great moment. Um, and then my second one was Warriors against Storm again, um, defeating them in 2011 um, to get into the grand final. Um, nice. With short, Sean Johnson turning everybody inside out. Um that one was another great game. Again, another game that the Warriors were written off. And um, they just, for some reason, they they really, they can't beat Melbourne um, on Anzac Day, but they always seem to be able to beat them in the playoffs. So what we need to happen, if we write it down now, next year, we need to get into the top eight. And we need to get <laughs> in in a way where we're playing Melbourne in the grand final because we, we can beat the Storm on the big stage for some reason. Yeah, we've got a hundred percent record against them in the postseason, don't we? Not many yeah. teams could say that. Exactly. Um, so yeah, they. Yeah, those are my two moments. But what about you? What moments do you have? We're, we're showing our strong bias here, Brad. Um, yeah, <laughs> I'm going to spit out some Warriors ones as well. I, um, taking it back to 2003, uh, Warriors against the Bulldogs. I think. We put 48 past them. I think it was 48-22, yeah. something in that ballpark. 
Yeah, with five try melee. Five tries to melee, and we were just on fire. Brent Webb, Sione Famuina. It was that 2002-2003 period, and and obviously we didn't go on to win the grand final that year or either of those years, but that was one of my favourites, that game there, because it just sort of all clicked, and, and we put a big score past one of the real heavyweights Back in, back in that period, the Bulldogs. Um, 2002 against the Sharks uh, to make the grand final. Um, Stacey Jones putting the, the grubber through for John Carlaw late in the game to, to get us in the grand final. I, I remember watching that one clearly in a pub down, here, down up in Auckland when I was living up there and just the whole pub erupting and it was full. Yeah, amazing. And then for a bad one, yeah, the Logan Swan one we talked about earlier, which <laughs> which hurt a lot. But there's a there's yeah. a whole bunch. Um, Simon mentioned one, the Jonathan Thurston one in the grand final against the Broncos, hitting the post. That's a good a good one. And I think I remember the '91 Panthers against um, the Raiders really well as as well as being a great game. There's so many I could waffle all yeah. night. You got the Tigers one um, with the the Benji flip pass and stuff as oh, well. Um, that was magic. Yeah, I should. There's a lot of great moments. Um, yeah. but yeah, I I wanted to have the Warriors mentioned a few times in the yeah, me too. The the episode this week, so <laughs> I I went to them. Um, I still remember the first grand final the Warriors went to. Um, I we didn't have Sky, um, so I was listening to it in my bedroom on the radio. Um. Mm. Like like a like a savage, um, the Stacey yeah, Jones try, the Stacey Jones yeah. try. That's probably my favourite rugby league moment. Full stop. Just about. Yeah, and I remember going to school the next day and being in the country, and no one actually cared. So I was like the only one. Um, and then my they they did a a welcoming um, for the Warriors. I remember at Mount Smart, and my my mum, God bless her, does not like sport, but she allowed me to skip school. So we could go from the the wop wops and go um, <laughs> and go um, go to Mount Smart and um, see all the boys. I got to have a photo with Mark Tukey, who was my favourite warrior at the time. And um, it was yeah, it was strange because they had lost, but fans were so happy that they had actually gone yeah. all the way for the first time ever. So um, yeah, that's always come back as a memory. Um, I wish I still had the photo from back in those days of um, a little, a little young and Brad with uh, Mark Tukey. I think we were bas- basically the same size. Um, young thug, despite, despite my Just young, a young age thug. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, um, some good memories there. Um, but we we're not that long in time, um, even though Paul had no faith in us. Um, we're still gone over an hour, but we, we have enough time oh, to... I was going to say, we went for a short one. A short one means a, below an hour, but never mind. Oh, and <laughs> hey, I have no problems with you going as long as you guys like to go for But yeah, don't don't try and claim you, 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 you've sneaked in a quick a quickie this week. That's in, in being relative to, to episodes of late. Um, yeah, we're, we're, we're down on our average. Um, so we, we can go through the Super League. Um, there wasn't too much in the news that I grabbed. The only thing I wanted to really touch on was um, Moses um, Masoi. He had his farewell in front of Hull KR fans in the weekend. Um, he was told he was never going to walk again after damaging two vertebrae in January 2020 um, in a tackle. 
but he's made great progress and he actually was able to walk out onto the pitch um, mm. with his daughter um, with the aid of crutches um, and have a farewell in front of his, his home fans. Um, really great moment. Um, and um, Hal KR actually came to the party and got the win for him as well, which was good. But the round 24 games, um, we had St. Helens wipe the floor with Leeds, 40-6. to um, Wigan beat Hull FC 10-0. Warrington um, had an, a close one, um, defeating um, Salford, 20-19. Huddersfield defeated Catalans, 30-18. Hull KR defeated Castleford, 26-19. And this will go um, with Simon's comment that he just had. But Lee got their second win of the year, defeating Wakefield Trinity 26-18. And Simon, our, our Super League correspondent, has said that um, the Lee owner is seeking legal advice on them being relegated if the French mm. team go up. I heard that. Yeah. Yeah, so that's going to be interesting because they're not really – they're if they are actually going to get relegated, they're the only team that will happen due to how low on the ladder they are um, with only two wins for the year. So – it will be um, interesting. Yeah. Was it, why have Brexit if you get replaced by a French team? Um, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, it's it's interesting time. I'm we we talked about it quite a bit about the promotion relegation. I personally, I I still don't like it just because I'm still hurt by Counties Manukau and the and the NPC and what getting relegated does to your your talent pool. Um, but yeah, it's it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, yeah, and Simon's got. He said the argument will be because the French team didn't play any home games this year, because all the other teams wouldn't be allowed to travel to France during the being part-time teams. Yeah, so yeah, there's 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 a lot of legal web um, that they're going to have to go through. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. We, we're going to have to keep our eye down. With with only two games to cover for the NRL next week, we'll have a, a bit more time to, to dig into the Super League. So I'll try to get a bit more of a, a backstory to it so we can talk about it next week, Richie. Yeah, um, sounds but, good. Um, yeah, and he Simon said he thinks the, the French team should be promoted because they won every game they played. Um, it's only fair. Yeah, um, it's not like they've just struggled or they've just squeaked through being the best team down in the lower grade. Mm. Um, but round 25 next week, which we'll get to cover as well, we've got some all right games in there. Um, Castleford are playing Warrington. Leeds are playing Hull KR. Salford are playing St. Helens. Wakefield are playing Hull FC. Wigan are playing Catalans. And Huddersfield are playing Lee. So Wigan Catalans should be a good game. Yeah, um, be a good one. Wigan Wigan haven't been the team that I expect them to be. So I unfortunately I think Catalans will probably blow them off the park. But Catalans lost to Huddersfield this week, so you don't know. Um, but before we sign off, is there anything else you want to add, Richie? No, mate. I'd just like to say my thanks to all the viewers and for your conversation and Paul for all your. Doug Lifeson, all your good work in the background. Thanks, mate. <laughs> yeah. Yes, thank you, Paul, and thank you, everyone, for watching. So, um, yeah, thank you all um, for joining us. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Tonight on the standoff with Brad and Richie. For your weekly update on rugby league, tune into our show next week at 8 p.m. here on Facebook or at your convenience on iHeartRadio. Just remember to search for New Zealand Sport Radio. Um, thank you for joining me, Richie, and good night, everyone. Cheers, all.